Welcome to the Bus Stop, the official podcast of National School Transportation Association. I'm Kurt Mackison, Executive Director. And in our NSTA update this week, just a reminder about our 2020 NSTA virtual annual meeting and convention that's going to be held July 20th through the 22nd. Now, it is a virtual platform, and we'll have some great presentations, including our keynote session with Pastor Alfred Reeves, our traditional OEM panel. We also have an NTSB safety report on the Rochester, Indiana crash. Uh, And then part two of our two-part series, school bus contracts post-COVID-19. We also have a couple lunch and learns, one uh, hosted by the fine folks at Cook, Illinois, and then also Keystone Insurers Group has another lunch and learn activity. So the programs are morning sessions, both days on the 20th and 21st, and then after lunch and learns, and then afternoon sessions, both days. And then on the 22nd, we have our board of directors meeting and our annual meeting for NSTA. So you can register for all of these events on our uh, virtual uh, meeting platform and find that at yellowbuses.org. So that's once again, July 20th through 22nd. So today on the podcast, uh, fortunate to have both Tim Ammon and Jim Regan. Tim is co-founder of Decision Support Group, and Jim Regan is managing partner of Capital Works. They're both co-managing the Starts Task Force report. And so welcome to the bus stop, gentlemen. Kurt, thank you very much. Good to be here. Yeah, great to have you guys. Now, um, this has been really a truncated process for you guys. Uh, We've gone through at lightning speed, to say the least. But uh, Tim, why don't you kick it off and just talk about the purpose of STARTS and and, what you've been doing for the past uh, several weeks. The STARTS task force was created from the school bus community's three leading associations to help transportation professionals, be they district staff, be they contractors or other folks involved in the transportation community, respond to the challenges of figuring out how to support the return to school process that states are going through. Recognizing that transportation is going to be a critical aspect of being able to create both a sense of normalcy and to return kids to school. The task force was put together by Kurt and by his colleagues, Charlie Hood at NASDIPS and Mike Martin at NAPT. And what we, Jim and I, were responsible for is essentially managing the process. And what we recognized as we were going through this, particularly early in the process, was the most necessary thing for the community was to have a resource that provided information and ideas on how school bus operations can respond to the guidelines that were being provided by state and local health officials and how to incorporate that information into their individual transportation components of the reopening plans. So now, um, in, in terms of this endeavor, you know, you guys are the face of it, as, as I am, along with, as you mentioned, Tim Charlie Hood and Mike Martin, but uh, there were a lot of folks who really helped out with this. So talk to us a little bit about the team and how you built that team. Sure. Yeah, we were incredibly fortunate. We had you and Charlie and Mike as the executive committee and the presidents of each of the individual 
associations, including Steve Simmons and Michael Rocco and John Penish, um, as the steering committee, guiding the overall process. And then the three core functional committees that were established, including health and safety, communications, advocacy, and public relations, and scheduling, routing, and school buses, were all staffed by really experienced and really thoughtful industry professionals from the public side, from the private side, and from the state director side. And those committees were supported by an army of additional volunteers from the industry who provided their own individual perspectives and expertise on particular topics within each of the committees. And to round that out and to offer even additional perspectives, we had an advisory committee that included representatives from all of the school bus OEMs, from the National School Nurses Association, from the National School Boards Association, and individual experts in functional areas, including Sue Shoetrump and Linda Booth, who helped us tremendously on dealing with specialized populations to ensure that we were incorporating as broad a set of perspectives and a broad, as broad a set of understanding of the challenges that were likely to be faced at school opening as we could have within the context of the report. Now, it, it's interesting as, you know, we've gone through the process of, you know, developing the report. Uh, we've been asked a number of times, like, you know, what's the purpose or who's the report really aimed at? And we've consistently told folks, hey, you know, this is a report being done by student transportation professionals for student transportation professionals. And I think to set the groundwork for that, you did some surveying of the various constituent groups um, to basically lay the groundwork for, you know, all those things that we were going to pursue further on down the line. So, Tim, why don't you talk about, you know, some of the surveying that was done initially? Sure. Yeah. This was always going to be an effort about trying to understand the challenges that were both national in scale and then very local, because the responses were going to have to be very local. And I think what Jim and I were focused on is how do we try to get both of those perspectives and incorporate them within both the report deliverable and the associated resources that were going to come out of the task force. So we surveyed a variety of different types of individuals, right? We we, uh, had submitted surveys to the state directors of all of the individual states to get their perspective. We surveyed superintendents to try to understand the educational challenges that transportation professionals were going to have to support. And then we surveyed school bus contractors and school district transportation managers to get an on-the-ground set of concerns and and issues that they believe that they were going to have to deal with and that were going to be the ultimate challenge of trying to deliver services in the context of not only the virus responses related to students, but also the virus responses related to the protecting the health and welfare of staff, bus drivers, attendants, mechanics, office staff, all of the different people who go into making transportation operations happen on a given day. Now, you alluded to one of the real challenges in this is that all, you know, educational decisions really kind of emanate from the local level and that there was not going to be a one size, you know, fits all. So within the context of what you were doing, um, there was also a lot of research done about various states who were then issuing their reopening plans. 
So tell us, you know, how you went about that and, and perhaps what you did with that data as you, as you researched and, and reviewed it. Sure. And I think it, it's important to recognize that one of the things that, that was happening during the course of the five or so weeks that we were putting all of this together is states were releasing both their individual reopening plan for the state and then departments of education were releasing their specific expectations around education. So transportation folks were trying to figure out how to reconcile those two things and how they were going to affect the way that they were going to have to provide operations. So Jim and, and I and, and the folks we were working with on the committees in our and from our own organization looked at what seemed like a thousand, but was probably more like 40 individual state reopening plans. And from those plans, we, we worked to catalog all of the expectations that were being created for schools and for transportation professionals in the form of the guidelines that were being provided. One of the things that was clear is there were a very limited number of places where there were hard and fast rules about expectations. And the structure of the information that was provided was predominantly in the form of a guideline. And so Jim had a tremendous idea of organizing the guidelines and working with them in, in a way where we could not only try to reconcile any minor differences between the states themselves, but any, any minor differences between individual guidelines so that we could create a manageable set of expectations for transportation folks to deal with. And, and I think he did a, a tremendous job and a tremendous service to the industry by, by organizing these in this way, because it gave a rubric for us to build off of where we could be supportive of organizations as they were developing the actual plan to respond to these guidelines. And, and I think He's going to be in a great position in a, in a minute for, to be able to tell you, you know, how that was done and what we did with the information there, because it really was the core challenge of this project. And, and it was something that I think that, that he had a really set, a great set of insights into. And so if we could, you know, Jim, I think it's probably best for you to, to talk okay. a little bit about how the guidelines were uh, extracted and how they were used in terms of, of developing the core aspects of the report. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Um, in addition to all of the state and you know, reopening plans, both at the, uh, the COVID basis and, 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 the, and the education basis, the airline, other in transportation industries are going through the same thing. So we also you know, pulled in reopening plans from uh, transit organizations from different states, airlines, companies like Starbucks and other corporations who had, you know, either like high volume traffic going through a building. So we also had, you know, we tried to bring in a another perspective from you know, other transportation industries and their reopening plans, as well as some major corporations. But from all these plans, as Tim said, we just extracted all the action items because all these plans were were written at different levels of detail. So, you know, what's a guideline to one state might have been a, a, a tactic or a practice in another state. So uh, what we had to do after we extracted all of the action items, we had this giant list of action items. And so we had to sort them. And, and we kind of decided that we're going to sort them on a macro basis by Anything that was a what to do um, was, you know, we just identified as a guideline and put them on the left side of the ledger. 
And anything that was a how to do it, uh, we called a task. And we moved it to the right-hand side uh, of the ledger. And then we went through those. And then we edited out the redundancies, uh, combined, you know, we combined them when appropriate. And we started, you know, pounding on this list to get it into a, a workable shape so that we'd end up with a uh, master list of guidelines and a master list of tasks. And then once that was done, one of the commitments we made early on was not just to publish a list of things, but we wanted to create a tool for the recipients uh, of this work. And so what we wanted to do is create a menu of tasks for each guideline. So then what we did is we ended up with 27 guidelines, and then we took all the tasks and shuffled them literally, and we allocated the tasks to each guideline. So under each guideline in the report, you'll find a menu of tasks that are options for transportation professionals to decide if they want to apply this task to help conform to the guideline. So that was kind of the, the breakthrough on the on the product side is that for every guideline, we have done the, the homework and there's a menu of tasks to help you conform to that particular guideline. Um, and then from there, um, there's a, there's an analytic template that goes with this. So you can, you know, test the feasibility, the safety impact, the cost impact, the resource impact of implementing that particular task to make sure that, you know, it is doable and it's feasible so that you can actually put it into your final plan. Then we rolled the whole package into another tool, a, an Excel Gantt chart. And so you can go through and kind of delete the tasks that you're not going to be using. And then the result is you have a workable Gantt chart where you can assign responsibilities and put a start and finish date. And then you have a, a project plan tool. So for each of the 50 states and Canada, the final report will also have a URL link to every state's COVID health program uh, from their each state's Department of Health. And, that, you know, and then every state's uh, education reopening plan that was available as of July the 5th. And that was kind of, you know, the conversion of the data into a workable product. So, you know, that's how we sort of ended up. And then when we had a semifinal version, uh, we unleashed it onto the Army of Volunteers. Uh, and they had their chance of, of, of adding tasks or uh, editing tasks so that it was really a pull effort um, from the transportation community. Tim and I did not invent a single task, and we did not invent a single guideline. All the guidelines and tasks have come from the transportation or the educational community. And that's really the key point, Jim, is that when um, you know we take all this information, what we want to do is then make sure that it's you know usable for those transportation folks. So maybe Tim can talk to us about how you package the final document and um, you know the steps that perhaps some of the members of the committee you know took and how many volunteers this really this process took. Sure, and I think the critical thing that Jim and I heard, heard from you and from Charlie and Mike and from all of the participants was what the industry needed wasn't necessarily just a narrative on responses to the virus. What it needed was resources to be able to respond to the virus. And that guided the thinking of Jim and myself and everybody else who had worked on this. And, and so what we have focused on as a set of deliverables 
is necessarily a narrative, which is a fairly extensive report on both the process that went into the task force's work, but most importantly, the identification and description of the guidelines that we were responding to and how those guidelines may require additional modification for specialized populations. So there's a, there's a focus both on traditional home-to-school students plus special needs students throughout the document. And then there are components of the narrative as well in the report that are designed to put transportation organizations and frankly, I think other organizations more generally in a position to be able to use the information and to do two primary things with it. One is to establish a decision-making process that says, this is the way that we are going to bring some rigor and some structure to the approach by which we're going to make choices about how services are going to be provided. Because there will inevitably be questions. And so what we were very sensitive to is the idea that we needed to have some structured way to do that to ensure that if anybody was was wondering about how we got to a decision, that it would be possible for an organization to explain that. And I think the second part of it was, and, and this, this part of it comes very difficult to a lot of transportation departments because they're so focused on the business of doing, that there was going to also be a need to be able to communicate to various populations and constituencies about why we were doing certain things. So there's an element in there about the design and development of communications plans as it relates to transportation reopening, you know, that we think are transferable to other environments as well. Oh, I, I think the, the key thing that, that you both have synthesized is, and, and for me to put it in perspective for the listeners, is that there's information coming from every different direction. And what, you know, you guys did and the task force did was take a lot of competing interest and put it together, I think, in a readable, digestible form that is going to be helpful to student transportation professionals. Now, before you run, I'm going to put both of you on the spot a little bit and say, and I'll start with you, Tim, as you entered this process, is there one thing that stood out that you said from the beginning, then maybe have gone through, you know, a little bit of research and reporting and discussion where, you know, you changed your mind or you did a 180? Does anything come come to mind? Yeah. So it's interesting. I'm I'm not sure I'm not sure about a complete 180, but I will say that that what is what I learned for sure is that ignoring for a second the question of social physical distancing on the bus. Most of the other expectations that are included in here are management tasks that can be accomplished. It's not going to be easy, but they can be accomplished and they can be accomplished without a tremendous amount of structural change to an organization. Where things get super complicated is addressing the issue of, of physical distancing. Uh, so until a district chooses to make a decision about that, it's really hard to know what the impact is going to be from a transportation standpoint. That's great. And Jim, how about you? I, I had the opportunity uh, way back in almost like when this whole pandemic started in late March and early April to work with a Ohio school district in developing a transportation reopening plan. And so I was I had a position of being like in a head start a little bit. And the way we did it initially was we just, from the time a employee, whether it be a driver or a mechanic or router, 
or anyone who's on a transportation staff pulled into the parking lot of that facility. We just walked in their shoes for the entire day in light of the guidelines and said, what would be different, you know, from when they get out of their car to the time they go in and they check in and they get their keys and get their route book and they do their pre-check and whatnot. So we went through all of these different roles and came up with a a list of things that that were going to have to be altered. So my initial uh, immersion into this was very much hands-on. And when you see it from that point of view, you kind of see the patterns uh, across the different functions. So I didn't have kind of a, a, a big aha per se, because I started at the grassroots level. And so, you know, I was kind of working my way up to the guidelines. As we're running out of time and you guys have been so great in giving so much uh, information, the one thing I'm looking forward to, and, you know, we've been discussing this, the three of us, five of us, the six of us, the nine of us, uh, (laughs) for a long time, going from the theoretical to the reality. So let's talk about what's next. I know we have a, a webinar scheduled. And then, you know, where can folks find the report when they're looking for it? Sure. Uh, so on Friday, we've got a webinar scheduled and, and the report will also be released. Uh, for folks who are looking for the material, they can go to uh, startstaskforce.com and they'll find not only the report, they'll find the associated attachments that I mentioned and the other resources that are connected to the report for for download and, and for use in their own individual operations. Uh, they'll also find contact information that if they've got questions or concerns that they can reach out to, to try to get a, any kind of issue or if we have, if they've got a concern about something to, to get that addressed as well. Guys, great work on the report. Tim Amming, co-founder, Decision Support Group. Jim Regan, managing partner of Capital Work. These guys were the co-managers of the STARTS Task Force. So we look forward to that uh, information coming out Friday. Gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us at NSTA, the bus stop. It's our pleasure. Thank you.